Smut cast. Hey everybody! I don't know if we introduced ourselves last time, but I'm Sasha. Did. I'm Marie, uh, and this is Smutcast, where we read a smutty book, quote unquote smutty book, a book that we deem smutty. Uh huh. That's or, society or that deems smutty. We've, we've been given the impression that it's is smutty. smutty. Sometimes yeah. we we have read a book before on this podcast where we were just like, "This is hardly smutty this is not all. smutty at all." This. It gets dirtier. I'm taking, yeah, like right as of now, I'm taking your word for it. And it, uh, it's V.C. Andrews. It's V.C. Andrews. So. It's Flowers in the Attic, her first book, her best book, dare I say. Ooh. So we read the first chunk of it. So we start at the beginning and we read until minutes like hours. So technically chapters one through six. They're not yeah. numbered. They but... aren't numbered unfortunately but Marie did the painstaking work of going through and counting <laughs> It took shit. me like a whole five minutes. Yeah she's Pain. pretty pissed I... about it still. <laughs> so I've read this book before. Total disclaimer. I went through a VC Andrews phase of like two years ago where I read this whole series. You did. And then the year before and then the year after that Marie and I together read Ruby. Mm-hmm. In that, whole, that series, whole series, yes, uh, which wasn't technically written by V.C. Andrews, so there's a whole deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, I still am drinking Topo Chico from the last episode. <laughs> just imagine I just set it aside for a week and then <laughs> yep. drank it. That's how I do. Uh, I did, in fact, get the fuck out of your house, and then mm-hmm. I came back, mm-hmm. and it's still fizzy. That's how good Topo Chico is. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that cast and couch. Now, for me, I have seen the one of the lifetime adaptions of Flowers in the Attic, and I think the casting, chef's kiss. You cannot get a better casting than what they had. So okay. we can go through the list, and I'm going to tell you who played that character in the lifetime version after you tell me your casting. See, I've... I, nobody really jumped out at me, I guess. Okay, so, like, there's the mother, Corinne. Yes. And in my mind, I picture, like, a Tippy Hedron type. So, in the Lifetime movie version, I believe it was a Lifetime movie, It is. she's played by Heather Graham. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. She's really good. See, she's a blonde you know, in it. You know what's weird, though, in my head? Like, Heather Graham, I remember her, like, from the 90s, uh-huh. early 2000s. So I was like, she's not old enough to be a mother. But I guess, like, it looks like the movie came out in, was this, the 2014? Yes, the 2014 okay, version. Yeah. So she would have been, yeah, okay. I can see it. I see it. Yeah. So then we have, so Corinne's the, the mother, Dollinger. Uh-huh. Dallin, Dallin, Dollinger, Dollinger, Dollinger. Yeah, because yeah. okay, so like we like to kind of like jump ahead a little bit. Everyone in this family, blonde hair, blue eyes, uh-huh. and I think that kind of plays into. So like, there is this nickname for them as a family. They were the Dresden Dolls. Yes. Which I now I'm wondering, like you know, there's that band. Yeah, and I was like, did they get their name from this or like? I'm. It, it also no, sounds like the Dresden, Dresden dolls, dolls are an actual thing. thing, kind of like Hummels or something. Like yeah, that. I don't actually know what they are. Shout us out on Twitter, but don't because I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care what a Dresden doll I is. Care. I care. I apparently cares. <laughs> I still don't care. All right, so then we have the father who is Chris Senior. He's the dad. So let's cast the parents first. I don't. I vaguely remember the dad in the show because. Spoiler, he's not around for long. Yeah. Uh, they cast Chad Willett from, what else has he been in? 
nothing nothing yeah like he doesn't look familiar to me honestly i'm gonna say he doesn't look blonde enough yeah he doesn't we need to get like a scars guard yeah you gotta get a scars guard in there i mean i know we we rely on the the scars guard family too much for our casting (laughs) mainly alexander scars guard i think i don't know if we really but i mean he's blonde yeah he's perfect that's all you need that's all you need to know that's what you need that's how the characters described let's just Let's uh-huh. tag team Alexander Skarsgård in there. Then we have the kids. So we'll go from oldest to youngest. We have Christopher Dollinger, who is the older brother. Uh-huh. I think he's supposed to be like 14 or so. Yeah. Well, like 15, when, I think. Yeah. 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Like when the things really get going. But I think like this yeah. whole thing starts, maybe he's like nine and. Yeah. Yeah. The younger sister, she's like five or something. Maybe. So they have Matt die as christopher mason die sorry mason die and i agree he's cute Mm -hmm. he looks like he could be related to all the other people he's in teen wolf apparently and stranger things i don't watch stranger things i don't remember him from stranger things he played jason carver Eh, oh he's come he's going to be in stranger things sorry spoiler for stranger (laughs) things So, do you agree with that? Yeah. Disagree? Okay. Because, yeah, I can't think of any, like, younger, like, blonde actors, I guess. Yeah. And remember, this was in 2014 the movie was made. So, the next... I say that because the next person who we're casting is really the narrator of the story, Kathy, or Catherine. And so, the Lifetime movie had her played by Karina Schick. I would Shipka? pronounce that Kiernan Shipka. Kiernan Shipka. I, Sorry, from... we butchered your name. I really <laughs> like you. You're a great actress. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, like you would know her from Mad Men. She or, played Sally Draper, uh, Sabrina, Sabrina, the teenage witch, the next Netflix or version, the Chilling Adventures yeah. of Sabrina. And I think she's perfect. She's blonde. Yeah. She's sweet looking. She's innocent looking. I think that's what you need from her. Mm-hmm. But again, this was in. 2014 so she was born in 99 so she would have been 13 which is about the age of Catherine at the time of the book so no, 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 well, that would, yeah like she's probably yeah. like 14 or 15 actually yeah when it was filmed so probably maybe yeah. more likely 13 so yeah that's perfect mm-hmm. the twins are the twins really we don't have to cast the, the twins. twins they're so young. you just find two blondes yeah stick them on the screen they're they're yeah boy and a girl and so then we have a uh, grandmother Foxworth. They cast somebody I don't know her. She's not super famous, but she was a good mother Foxworth. I would also appreciate Kathy Bates. As a, yeah, I was thinking yeah. Kathy Bates because I was kind of thinking like Misery, but you yeah. know, like older or like um, or like an angry Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> so that's our casting catch. That's our dream casting. Uh, again, I think like Lifetime kind of hit it out of the park with this one. So I didn't. Re- I don't want it. I didn't want to stray from it. Mm-hmm. And plus, maybe I didn't want to look up actresses. I don't know. Don't judge me. Um, so our first chapter is Goodbye, Daddy. Which I mean, I feel like kind of gives a lot away <laughs> immediately. <laughs> it's like okay, but we get the family intro. It's all very. Uh, idyllic mm. and it's the 50s was it the 50s 50s or 60s like, yeah i think like i have like a, like yeah that. 60s or 70s is what mm. i have in my mind you know they're known in the neighborhood as the dresden dolls because they're you know, perfect they're mm. all blonde hair blue eyes they live in a nice house the dad's in marketing and everybody loves him and he's just like 
the type that would walk around with like a sweater on his shoulders and call everyone <laughs> champ right or sport yeah well you know and like he travels for work but it sounds like he's a devoted father it's mm-hmm. like he refuses to spend more than five days away from the family at a time yes because he always wants to be home so he comes home every friday and like yells for attention basically give me love and affection now (laughs) it's basically what he yells which which is weird i thought that was a little like "Eh, it's like it's it's weird when you demand it yeah like uh, they described the scene that every friday when he would come home he would open the door and yell it's time for my kisses and everybody Mm -hmm. including the son who's like old er would figure he was like nine or ten yeah I, I I, i'm all over the place with the ages but i think you know no, 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 like little like boys ten. stop wanting to like kiss their yeah i ever feel like he was like kissing on the mouth yeah is like what i have in my head so they all have to sorry kathy and chris jr run to him and kiss him and they're like so i thought that was weird it gave yeah. me weird vibes yeah and then Corinne would show up. Corinne's the mom and she would kiss Chris, the dad, and be all lovey-dovey with him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we find out pretty early on that she, Corinne is pregnant with twins. With twins. Like, I don't know if they knew it was twins then. Like, no, when she was but pregnant. Kathy, like, loses her shit yeah. because she's the baby of the she family. She does not want to be the middle child. Yeah. Which, fair. As a middle child fair um, <laughs> and you know i gotta say as the baby in the family it's pretty sweet <laughs> you suck but chris nice. the dad kathy's dad talks to her and is like hey baby you're always gonna be my number one uh-huh. you'll always be my I'll favorite always, like i think he gives her a ring like uh-huh. a special ring and is like hey you know this is like my little token to you don't tell anybody but i'm always gonna love you just a little bit more than everyone else which i don't like yeah mainly because i don't like rings to small children it's purity yeah. ball shit that i can't yeah which and also like just when you're thinking about it from a practical standpoint uh-huh. how long is that gonna fit or i mean is it gonna be like maybe too big for her pinky but it's like too small for any of the other fingers that's going on a necklace in a few years yeah i mean as a kid i didn't wear i wore earrings because you had to yeah I'd, i had to yeah you had to I'm Mexican. We have to. <laughs> and I had a bracelet that I would wear. But other than that, you don't give little kids jewelry. Yeah, They're I don't just think you can really that trust shit. them with yeah. that. But that, no, and then, like, I think there's this whole thing that, like, I also didn't like this, like, sort of parentification of Kathy to yeah. an extent where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like, well, babies are so fun to play with. You'll love them. And then, like, yeah. she, once they're born, she does, like, see them. She loves them. And she does treat them as her dolls. But. Mm-hmm. You know, live living children aren't the same thing as dolls. Fun fact. (laughs) So I think we kind of like flash forward a few years, two, three years. Because the kids are are like four. four. So four years. I don't. Yeah. The kids are four. Kathy's now 12. Christopher is 14. And they are waiting for it's their dad's birthday. So they're waiting at home and they planned him a surprise party. So everybody's Mm -hmm. over at the house because they invited the neighbors and corinne's dressed up all pretty and they're all waiting and And waiting waiting and and waiting waiting and waiting and then they get that knock on the door and it's the state troopers and they're like listen (sighs) 
your husband's dead. <laughs> and they're like, did you feel like it was oddly detailed or like, yeah, yeah. this one car, like this yeah, happened. Like- and then he could have lived like it will basically <laughs> like there's this emphasis that it wasn't his fault at all. He kind of no. just did everything it right. Like, but it's I like it was a drunk driver, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they're or like, oh, a drunk like driver yeah. veered into his lane and, and he-, he tried to get out of the way. But then there was this other thing in the way. Yeah. Or something. And so all his luggage was thrown out all over the place. And here we have these two bloody stuffed animals for you. We found on the yeah. side of the road. And I'm. This is all in front of the neighbors. Mm-hmm. He didn't. The cop didn't ask to like talk to her in a separate room or right. away like, hey, from maybe, the kids. Yeah, maybe sh- like because I think at this point that it's so late. The twins were at least asleep. Yeah, but like the two older kids are there and they hear everything. Uh-huh. And I think Kathy's even like, "Fuck you guys! No, that's uh-huh. not my dad." That must have been someone else's car. But that yeah, it's like they he shows them things where she knows, like, yeah. that's my dad's stuff. And then all the neighbors are him. like, Well, this is awkward yeah. as fuck. Well, and I think like right before this, like some neighbor had made a joke about like, oh, maybe he found like a younger, prettier lady. Uh-huh. And that's where he's spending his time. So it's like, it's so really awkward. They're dead. He's dead. Mm-hmm. Chris is dead. The dad's dead. Turns out he was the only one making money. Turns out he wasn't good at saving money. Turns out the wife, Corinne, was real good at spending money. Because I think it was was just like, so the lesson here is get like mortgage insurance, life insurance, Uh something like that. Because it's like, I think she had, like, he was apparently a very smart man. He was successful. It's just like they spent, they hadn't planned on saving. Like, I think she explains it like we knew like we were going to have this money. Like, so we weren't quote unquote, like living beyond our means in our heads, but they were, they were living they were. above their because means. Nobody plans on dying at a young age, but they were also trying but, to keep up appearances to an extent. Yeah, Cause think, he's like supposed yeah. to be a marketing exec. So he's supposed to look cool. Don Draper lifestyle, but he yeah. wasn't exactly making the money they needed. Because, Obviously, he yeah. had to stay alive to sustain them, and now yeah, he's dead. and he's dead, and he apparently didn't have life insurance. Mm-hmm. Which, so as soon as you get a yeah. kid, get a life yeah, insurance for policy real. for what? like the love of God. I know they had that back then. And if you think your spouse is going to murder you if you have a life insurance policy, one, you're probably right. Two, put it in a trust. Mm-hmm. So the only people who benefit are your children, and make somebody like your best friend the manager of your trust. Then, unless. Your wife seduces your best friend. You don't have to worry about her murdering you. Yep. Or or, guess, or if your husband, whatever, you know, you know, this, fix yeah. the gender to what you're attracted to. I'm just saying it's smart, especially yeah. if you have kids. <laughs> and then so because they were living beyond their means, everything is going to be repossessed. The mom is like, OK. We have four suitcases. I'm immediately taking two suitcases just for me. So between well, you four kids. You're jumping ahead of yourself a little bit. Because oh, so they're right, right, right. they're kind of like living. They're kind of getting by. But her mom is just like stressed out. Just blank all the time. They're yeah. struggling super hard. Kathy's basically raising the twins on her own at this point. Because her mom is just like on autopilot. And her mom's just always writing these letters. And then one day, one day her mom is all excited. Corinne's like, oh, my God, Kathy, get in here. Chris, get in here. I got some shit to tell you. I've been writing your grandmother, who I haven't talked to since I got married to your dad. And she says we can come live with her and my father. But my father hates me and has disowned me. 
but I'm going to make it all better. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back down Uh there. He's going to realize that he still loves me. He's Uh going to put me back in his will. Mm -hmm. You know, he's on his deathbed. So there's, it's 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 kind of time sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be good. We'll be good to go. And Uh, then she does her bullshit with the suitcases. Yeah. We can only take four suitcases. I clearly need to. (laughs) You children, Uh the four of you get two suitcases (laughs) so whatever you can fit in there and then like i think on top of that there were like certain things that like if they were like deemed of value they couldn't take because they had to like leave the the house yeah yeah so i think that kind of sets the tone to kind of an insight into how horrible their mother is the fact that she's telling four children to pack all their shit into two suitcases while she gets to all to herself I mean, to be fair, their clothes are smaller. But, but I mean, still, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Like, like that kids. that to me was like, why do you get two? Yeah. Like, four children get two suitcases. But And then she was yeah. also like, oh, hey, before you go pack, by the way, our real last name isn't Dollinger. It's Foxworth. We're real Which, rich. <laughs> cue one red flag where I'm just like, what, what, what's the deal with like you're going to visit your parents, but... You, you're talking about like your la- wouldn't that be your maiden name so just I put a pin in that. that put a pin in that because that totally like that got me thinking uh, where i was like why are you talking about like you had to change your name mm-hmm. like wouldn't you have changed it anyway because your maiden name but we'll get into that so they leave basically in the middle of the night so the people who are repossessing their shit can't repossess more of their shit i don't know it was very like a get the hell out of dodge yeah. for our our creditor situation take train down to virginia yes um, and so they get out i don't i don't understand train stations apparently because they get out on this train station like in the middle of a cornfield i imagine yeah just kind of like out in the middle of nowhere yeah and the nearest town is like over that way but too far away and then her parents house is like a two mile walk in the other direction Mm -hmm. which why why is there a train station here why is there a stop because they're rich maybe i don't know it's weird so they get off the train no one meets them and they have to walk two i don't know how many miles it was it was at least two or three miles miles to get to corinne's parents house Mm -hmm. And that's with four-year-olds who are asleep. Yeah. So, like, I think the older kids, they had to, like, carry the twins. The mom is carrying the kids' luggage. She at least does that. Yeah. But, like, she sent her luggage on to, was it, like, Charlotte? Yeah. Or Charleston? Charles. Whatever. Send it ahead. Yeah. Like, to, to, like, the main town. She's like, I think, you know, she kind of explains, like, I'll get it the next day. Don't worry about it. And that's a little, like, where are you going? You're just leaving us. Yeah. Children. And then, then at some point, like, I think, you know, they're walking through the area and mm-hmm. like the mom is kind of like, oh yeah, there's like a lake over there that freezes over in the winter. And like Chris is getting excited, like, cool. Like I want to get into ice skating. And- yeah. I love winter sports. And the mom's like, yeah. Yeah. She's like a little cagey about uh-huh. it. And then it finally gets to the point where like the mom is just like, okay, like wake up the kids, like wake up the twins, like make them walk. And then kind of to herself, apparently she's like, Lord knows they better walk outside while they still can. <laughs> just ominous. ominous. Well, because she told them to wake up the, the kids because the, the older two were tired of carrying them, which mm-hmm. fair, like four year olds are heavy, man. Yeah. 
So they finally make it to Foxworth Hall. Which I don't know if we said, like, they like it was very important that they get there before sunrise. Yes. So before, like before the servants yeah. are up. And the grand, so they get to the house and the grandmother is there waiting for them. I don't think they knew sh- she was their their grandmother just no. yet, but she's they very cold. They just thought cold she and- was cold and a mean bitch, like a matronly sort of woman. Mm-hmm. Kind of gives them a backhanded yeah. compliment where she's just like, oh, your children are beautiful. What you said is true. They're beautiful. But I wonder if there's, you know, are they intelligent? Is there something unseen Yeah, that's wrong with them? Some unseen affliction. And that's like another red flag uh-huh. like why would she be thinking so that many, she went to the red flag store yeah, she, she bought them out of red flags out. so the grandmother's like all right we're gonna go up to the very tippy top floor nobody ever comes to of, this like this wing. one specific yeah. wing it's like you guys can't go anywhere else you have to stay in this room mm-hmm. she leads them into this room and she's like you guys have to stay here that's it <laughs> and the, there's only oh yeah because i think there's this whole deal yeah. about like okay well like i think we'll get into mm-hmm. it later but like it's about making sure nobody knows that they exist like the, so the dad or their grandfather mm-hmm. doesn't know about their existence and they can't tell him until corinne gets back in his good graces um, so they get up to the room they're exhausted so the grandmother so kathy decides okay i have to put the twins to bed mm-hmm. you don't have this in your notes but i think it's important so she's like i have to put the twins to bed uh-huh. they're twins they shared a motherfucking womb right so she puts them in the the same bed together and the grandma flips her shit right well because yeah there's there are only two beds yeah like so for the four of them there are only two beds in this tiny room Uh uh-huh and so the grandmother flips her shit and is like no mixed genders do not share the same bed split them up right well and then i think it was also yeah like she was especially worried about like the older children yeah. it was like no 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 there's no way in hell these older kids are sharing a bed that's wholly inappropriate yeah and, and even though like the mom is just like they're siblings it's fine and then the grandma says another red flag well we thought it was fine with you and your uncle your half uncle <laughs> your half uncle and then and the that biggest just, red flag under that i was like <laughs> i think i see where this is going <laughs> biggest red flag unfurls mm-hmm. yeah and then so pretty much yeah i think in my notes it was just what i just said like they have to yeah. stay where the servants aren't going to find them i think it's all about you know the servants only come to that wing first thing in the morning to clean and then I think there's a whole thing with like the children are going to have to like they have to make it look like nobody lives in that room. They have to keep it immaculate. Yeah. And then they have to like go hide in the attic. I think it was like the third Saturday of every month while that room gets cleaned by the servants because that's another thing they don't want to tip off their existence to the servants. So this all happens like at four o'clock in the morning and then the next morning at like nine or seven a.m. Yeah. or something who the knows grandma... because the other thing is they have to keep the curtains closed yeah. at all times they're not allowed to see outside so who knows what time it is so the grandma comes up and gives them a tray of food that's supposed to last them all day and says look this tray of food lasts you all day this is gonna be the routine here's this huge ass list of rules for you guys yeah mainly involving no sinning no right. jesus is everywhere god is always uh, watching you don't touch your privates don't think about your privates definitely don't think about thinking about other, other people's privates uh-huh. there's and, a lot yeah. of there's a lot of weird Just sexual have, rules have clothes on uh-huh. at, all times. at all times 
do not be like anywhere together where or like I think it was like don't even really look at your siblings yeah. of the opposite you're not sex. allowed to look at your siblings of the opposite sex be as quiet as you possibly can so it's uh-huh. kind of like essentially like try not to actually exist yes so that's that part that was the chapter called grandmother's house now we're on to chapter four grandmother when she gave them a rule she's like okay there's also an attic above you guys there's a stairwell mm-hmm. in the closet like, you can go up there. after after like 10 p.m 10 the p. servants p. are all gonna 10 be a.m. gone or, yeah 10 a.m 10 a.m the servants are done cleaning this wing of the house so you guys can do whatever the fuck you want upstairs in the attic just keep it somewhat quiet mm-hmm. so they go up and they go into the like the attic and it's full of Junk. Just tons and tons of stuff. Like, yeah. apparently the grandparents are low-key hoarders. They keep everything. I don't know if they're hoarders. I just think they're rich. And, yeah. like, all their shit probably does have value. That's true. Like, their trunks and stuff probably are filled with, like, thousands of dollars worth of fancy-ass clothing and silver right, and or stuff. Like, yeah, like, nice furniture, Yeah, like, maybe. Antiques Roadshow Wet Dream is that <laughs> attic, I think. Like, if they were around in the 90s, yeah. they would collect Beanie Babies because uh-huh. they know it'll be worth something someday. So in the attic, they find Civil War era uniforms, both sides, mm-hmm. <laughs> a whole ass schoolroom with books and desks. Which, I mean, another red flag. I was like, uh-huh. okay, apparently this is not the first time this <laughs> space has been used for the same purpose that we're using it for. <laughs> Great. There's toys up there, and there's, there's also history up there. <laughs> a lot of bugs. Uh huh. Which yeah, I've mm. I've I felt that because just, I, I hate bugs, so yeah. I would I would be like hitting everything <laughs> before I touched it. Yeah. Mm. Well, the kids, the twins aren't happy with this. Yeah, understandably. Like they They're just like, want to go. Outside. They just want to go outside. They want to be here. And and Corey, the the boy twin, is like I want to swing and then carrie is just like a little shit and is the loud one and is mm-hmm. complaining even more so chris actually builds them a swing mm-hmm. and like, they have a little play time up yeah, there they get to run around some i think there was yeah. a rocking horse yeah and they're all filthy now so they go down and take a shower take a baths in their bathroom mm-hmm. but marie they break some rules with that. Oh bath. yeah, you tell me about how they break the rules. The twins uh-huh. who have been together since they were in the womb shared a bath. <gasps> while <laughs> both genders were in the bathroom at the same time. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So that that was bad. Shame. And Kathy was kind of like, "Oh, what if she knows?" <laughs> right. No, right. I think like at some point like like I think there's kind of like a weird thing where it's like, yeah, like Chris and Kathy, like, they've seen each other naked. They're familiar with each other's bodies. Yeah. But at this point, I'm just like, you guys are a little old for that. Yeah, you but, should be really... Like, but, I get you know, I Kathy she, yeah. being familiar with the little kids' bodies because she clearly helped out, like, bathing them. Parentification. And, parent, yeah, and changing <laughs> but, their diapers. Mm-hmm, living dolls. But, yeah, mm-hmm. like, I think at one point, like, Kathy takes a bath and, like, Chris is just hanging out in there while she's bathing. Which, and, I'm like, sorry, Chris. This is my alone time. <laughs> right. This is my me time. I don't need you watching me bathe right well i think it was more of like a comfort thing though i think yeah. she did want him there like she was kind of taking comfort and talking to him but then after the fact there's that like paranoia yeah. that somehow grandma will find out they mm-hmm. shared the bathroom oh, and then they they forgot they're supposed to pray before every meal they didn't pray before that i was like oh my god she's gonna know uh uh-huh. 
She doesn't know. She doesn't know. <laughs> and but so I mean, that, I that, that I think, leads to the evening. Right. But I think I think that just kind of shows like she's already gotten inside their heads uh-huh. somewhat. So we're on to chapter five. The wrath of God. So Corinne, finally their mother sh- freaking shows up. They've been alone all day. Mm-hmm. Just pointing that out. All day, a four-year-old and two preteens. <laughs> I guess 14 isn't preteen. Whatever. doesn't matter. Corinne comes in very stiff. Not really, like, doing anything. She's, yeah, she's normally very graceful, uh-huh. I think. But she's very stiff, moving very slowly. And then grandmother comes in. And Carrie loses the little girl twin, loses her shit, and starts screaming at the grandmother. And the grandmother's just like... I'm not having this. I'm not having this. Because I think on top of everything, yeah. she's like six feet tall. Uh, she's like, built. She, yeah. She's like a linebacker. That's Which why I'm saying like Mrs. Bates. Doubtfire. Or yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I imagine Kathy Bates is short in uh, real life, but like a, a tall, kind of muscular Kathy Bates. And so she picks up Carrie, this sweet little baby girl, by her freaking hair and it's just like shut up right <laughs> and Corey, her protector carrie's twin brother is like oh well fuck that <laughs> i'm not this will not stand uh-huh. so he goes he like i think just like he doesn't like make any sound he just like stares the grandma down and then he ends up like biting her leg it's like huh. and so he gets backhanded like hard like the yeah. that like nice slap i hope the grandmother wasn't wearing rings but she probably yeah, was because that's how you keep your pimp hands strong so i think all this happens you know and she's like corinne you need like these children are spoiled and willful and you need to get them under control and then somehow i don't know exactly how it comes about well well so so she says yeah you need to get your kids under control because you need to show them you need to take your shirt off right now and to show them what will happen to them if they are not under control so corinne's like no don't make me do that and her mother's like, you're going to do it and you're going to do it right now. So Corinne unbuttons her blouse and lowers it. And in the mm-hmm. back, just welts. welts. Yeah. Blood red whipping marks on her back, all over her back. And then her kids are like, what the fuck? And the grandma's like, all right, I'll leave you to it. Right. On that note. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. And she well, leaves the room. I think the grandmother, like, she did say something to the effect of like, well, she, well, she calls them de- she calls the kids devil spawn. Uh-huh. And I think she says to them, "You'll you'll get necessities and nothing more. Like I will mm-hmm. never love you because you're unholy because I think it's revealed at this point yeah. somewhere in this stage that they're half uncle. So they're mo- Well, no, 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 no. Their mother's half uncle is their father. Yes. Yes. So, well, I mean, yeah. what would that, that would make him still their, like their dad and their like half, half. great uncle. No, just their half. Yeah. Their half great uncle. Yeah. yeah. It gets confusing. I was yeah. thinking about these like family things. So like also the kids are siblings and they're also cousins. cousins. Yes. And their mom is technically their cousin as well with that is that yes, how that works I think so but anyway the grandma's just like oh, i'll leave you to your devil spawn and she leaves and so the kids are like hey ma what the fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like she tries to reassure them and she, like you know this is just a temporary situation yeah. and like there's nothing wrong with you you were not unholy you were mm-hmm. not devil spawn 
I think then we go into the backstory. Yeah, and so the backstory is she was raised by her horrible parents, but she was the apple of her dad's eye. Her dad mm-hmm. loved her so much. Which, I don't know, I kind of wonder, because this is V.C. Andrews, was like, was it like an inappropriate yeah, kind see, of love? Yeah, see, I thought that too. I'm like, was it a creepy-ass type or of de- love? At the very least, like, creepy-ass in that it was probably just, like, so overly possessive. Like, yeah. no matter what, even if it wasn't, like, a sexual thing for him, it probably would have been, like, he, like, kind of, like, possessed her. She was sort of, like, property mm-hmm. to him. And I'm sure it was the kind of thing, like, no man would have been yeah, enough. Corinne like, never would have been good enough. Very strict childhood she wasn't allowed to really have friends because no one was good enough for her because she was a foxworth and like she couldn't really date she was basically sheltered like crazy she did have two older brothers though Mm -hmm. but i think she said like they all kind of rebelled and it was probably because they were like their parents were so strict yeah but like yeah and like we also find out i think it's been said a couple times at this point that like both of her brothers you know the kids which uncles yeah. died in accidents. Accident. Like, I don't think she says what kinds, but it, you know, it was like, was it doing risky shit? Was it doing stupid shit? Kind of because were of this they whole even accidents? Strict upbringing. Ooh, because they, they were clearly sullying the Foxworth name, and that right. cannot happen. <laughs> that will not stand. That will not stand. And so, she is the only heir of her father. And one day, so then, so that happens. Her brothers are dead. She's still a teen. She's mm-hmm. like 14 at the time. And Chris Sr.'s mother. Well, okay. It's complicated, I guess. I don't even know how to describe this. Well, I it's think she, so was, weird. she was very, very young. I she think was she very was young. like yeah. 16 or so at the time, married their great grandfather. So Corinne's grandfather. Yeah. So Corinne's. Um, and uh, he was very old. I, yeah. like, I just imagine like an Anna Nicole type situation. Yeah. So Corinne's grandfather married a young woman who gave birth to a son who would technically be Corinne's half uncle and her brother, her Her, father's brother, mm -hmm, half brother. -brother. But somehow the father, the father, Corinne's dad decided to, no, sorry, take it back a step. Corinne's grandfather died, leaving Mm -hmm. the new wife and the baby like, penniless basically because Mm -hmm. corinne's dad inherited all the money Uh, but in theory the half brother had a trust but the person who was left in charge of the trust was corinne's dad right and And he he just finagled it it. so the mother and chris senior corinne's husband slash uncle (laughs) got completely ripped off but right. they and I think he didn't that. even yeah. know about it. He didn't it. even like, know I think... about it. He was fine yeah. with it. The mom went to go live with her relatives. A mm-hmm. fairly happy life. Right. I think she remarried. Yeah, I think she, she became a widow again. Yeah. And then, I, then I think eventually like she died. She died of cancer. Cancer, yeah. And his grandparents on her side of the family were no more. So Chris Sr. had nowhere to go. Corinne's father had just lost his son. So he thought, well, you know what? I guess I could take in my half brother. Right. And I think it, well, and it was probably also like sort of masterminded is like, he has no idea. He was yeah. technically supposed to get half of all my shit. So I can kind of like raise him up. And like, I think you, like you get this sense, like when he shows up, he's just kind of marveled at it yeah. or he's just in awe. And it, it's again, there's not that understanding of like, no, 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 you cheated me out of this. Like half of this is mine. 
but so like he's kind of in awe of of everything he sees yeah. around him so mm-hmm. this is like the first time he's in foxworth hall and he's like oh my god everything's so amazing and corinne's coming down the stairs and she's like who is that fine ass man in the entryway mm-hmm. i i like to imagine it was like uh in wayne's world dream weaver with dream weaver dream. i assume that's how it went as well and she's like i gotta get me off god break me off a piece of that kit kat bar mm-hmm. and so she comes down and her dad's like hey i'd like you to meet your uncle <laughs> and both of their eyes are just like oh shit <laughs> like record scratch <laughs> but turns out that didn't stop him <laughs> mm-hmm it was love at first sight and uh-huh. they just couldn't be stopped. So they and- eloped when she turned 18 and basically went off to live their own life. Mm-hmm. She was, I think at that point written out of the will completely. Disowned. Yes. Chris had finished college, but because he had to change his name because he didn't want the Foxworths coming after him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't he, use his degree. Right. And I think it was like he went to like one of the Ivies. Yeah, I want to say like he went to Yale, Yale or, something. or something. And he's like, well, I can't use that now. So that's cool. And so yeah. basically they were left penniless and they went out on their own to forge their own thing. So I think that kind of in my mind helps you understand why they were living beyond their means and why mm-hmm. they were so poor to begin with because they had literally nothing when they left the Foxworths. Mm-hmm. They kind of were in the process of building yeah. themselves back up. And so they originally were like, we're not going to have kids. We don't want to tempt fate or anything. But then they had Chris and they're like, he didn't have a tail. Right. <laughs> might as well try. Might as well have another. <laughs> and then she turned out fine. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, when the twins came and they were fine. That is literally Corinne's thinking. She was like, eh, it was fine the we first time. We obviously didn't do anything wrong because you kids all turned out okay. Yeah. You don't have horns or tails or anything. So she tells them the story and they're like, oh, my God, mother tmi but oh man it must have been so hard for you guys mm-hmm. and they're all trying to like understand and digest kathy and chris jr are trying to digest this information and corinne's like you know what you guys don't deserve to be locked up here i'm just gonna milk money from my dad and mm-hmm. i'm gonna go to typist school or secretarial yeah. school and then i'll save us all and we can we can go get jobs and i'll get a job in the city and we'll get an apartment mm-hmm. we can do this and all the kids are like, yeah, ma. Well, I think that like, it was it this chapter though. I remember you pointed it out. There's almost like a, like it is sort of ominous where she's like, no matter what, just know that like you guys are fine. Yeah. You're perfect. I, and I love you. So like, I think you yeah. did like some like kind of like Stockholm well, syndrome because she thing even happening. Said she, she, before she left the room, she's just like, I just want you guys to remember this moment right now no matter what happens in the future, because I might change, I still love you. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's like, okay, thanks mom. And so she leaves. And that's the end of this part Mm -hmm. and the end of the section we read. So I'm not allowed to do predictions because I read this book. So I don't know. Okay. So like, I think the, just the general ominous tone of this (laughs) fucking book, I already feel like the mom is not coming back. She is not going to secretarial school or, you know, she's just going to be like under her parents' Mm -hmm. thumb at best yeah i don't know or who knows me i wonder Ooh, is she maybe gonna get in an accident and then the kids are just stuck with the grandparents potentially either way i feel like i can't say anything the kids i feel like are going to be in this attic for a while i feel like because of not spoilers but little bits and pieces and because of reading vc andrews before i feel like some inappropriate things are maybe gonna happen (laughs) with the older ones 
yeah, I just I don't feel like anything good is gonna happen in this book. <laughs> maybe towards the end. Maybe towards the end. I don't know, but like, not. So we're we're reading for the next episode, chapter seven through twelve, which is like stopping at part two. This book is broken up into yeah. two parts, so stopping when you get up to char- uh, part two. But I feel like everything in the rest of this section. Not good. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. I mean, since I can't make predictions, I would like to introduce a quick Sasha segment called yeah. What the Fuck I Would Have Done If I Was Corinne. Ooh, yeah. So first of all, if I was Corinne and my husband just died, I wouldn't write my abusive parents. I would instead write a lawyer because you know what? My husband deserves half of my father's estate. Yeah. So I would write a letter to that right, effect. And be like, hey, you're going to get a pretty uh-huh. good like chunk of money if even if you take like 10 percent because like she yeah. there was all this emphasis on like they have so much money they yeah. don't even know what to do with it so like take half of that as a lawyer yes you got some good motivation if you're getting like i don't know what lawyers usually take 10 percent. yeah because at this point i am a scorned mother ass fucking woman and i yeah. am gonna get my money so i would be i would go to and if the lawyer said i don't think we can do anything i'm like no you take this letter to my mother telling her that i'm going to blow all Ooh, the family secrets uh-huh. out of the water and tell her fuck up the foxworth name. yeah i'm gonna fuck up the foxworth name hella hard i'm gonna be in playboy under the foxworth name <laughs> if she doesn't give me my share of the money mm-hmm. and if that didn't work i would take my little children with me I would go to Foxworth Hall. I'd fucking do it in the daylight because you know what? Might as well damage the name while I'm at it. Got nothing left to lose. And steal all the shit in that house. All Mm -hmm. the shit. And be like, yeah, call the cops on me and we'll see how good this looks in the press. And then I'd walk out. (laughs) Because you know what? She had other choices. But did she think of those? No, because she's stupid and I hate her. Yeah, it just it to me like she does seem very she's kind very of like much helpless. the helpless woman. Yeah, she needs her prince to save her. She does nothing to herself to save herself. Mm-hmm. She only has a man save her, and it drives me crazy that she's that way. So if I was Corinne Foxworth, Dollinger, I would have <laughs> blackmailed the shit out of my evil mother. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That would have been a good or, book. or seduce the neighbor uh-huh. and made him pay for all of my lifestyles. Right. Or it's like, just like one of those things, too. It's like I, well, I get like probably mm-hmm. like that shame of like yeah. we lived beyond our means. All our shit's getting repossessed. It was like you guys, you mean to tell me you had no friends who would yeah. let you crash while you did like secretarial school or something. And you mean to tell me everybody says you're so beautiful, Corinne. Everybody says you're amazing to look at. And mm-hmm. you're like the wah. So you couldn't get your butt out there and work it and find an old man somewhere to marry. Like it w- probably wouldn't have taken you that long, like a month maybe. And he would have been like, okay, have the kids move in. This is what old men sounded like. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, yeah. Come on, Corinne. There are other choices out there. You made all the bad ones. Mm-hmm. I said it. And now your kids are stuck in a motherfucking attic. I mean, again, if I was Corinne, I wouldn't marry my motherfucking half yeah, uncle. That, that's, that's step I, one I've of said what it I before, would do. And I'll say it again. That's kind of a boner killer. <laughs> a little bit of a deal breaker for me, personally. Again, I guess in her defense, even though I don't want to defend this at all, she had never seen him before. Yeah. 
But no, it's like, it's almost like, okay, so like they had this like immediate attraction, uh-huh. like when they first like see each other, but then immediately after that, so it was like she had the hots for him, like, un- like unadulterated hots yeah. for this man for like all of a minute. And then it was like, oh, he's my half uncle. Like that would just like, to me, that just, it, so, but I think this should not be a thing. <laughs> I think the pattern that it's trying to develop. Uh-huh. unfortunately this is the pattern of the book and i hopefully it's not spoilers is that the parents such strict attitudes uh, towards sex mm-hmm. made her only turn inwardly for mm-hmm. things because she couldn't mm-hmm. go out aside her own home basically right. she was stuck there so the only thing she could look at which seems like a lie, because you know there was probably a really fuck hot and fucking hot gardener like wandering the fields oh yeah or something. Come on, bellboy, busboy, someone something. who was not her half uncle. Yeah, <laughs> was there. But I think it's kind of developing that pattern. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but at the ugh. same time, ugh, 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 ugh. 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 I gotta get the fuck out of your house. You gotta get the fuck out of my house because <laughs> <I'm ugh. showered. laughs> because your half uncle's coming over and I don't want you to fall in love with him. <laughs> Okay, good. Save me for myself. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>